You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this, you can already tell I am under the weather, but it's okay. So I've got the elite crew. Let's bring in, and I, this guy never gets first introduction. Let's bring in Logan Bradley. Uh, you can hit him on Twitter at Bear Down Bradley. Jack Wright, you can hit him at Bear Down Shack. Jack, oh man, look at that. We're playing the intro music. I get oh, applause. Yeah. I got yeah. applause, Logan. I got applause. That's what I'm that was. so excited. I'm saying, hey, I got the flu. Everybody be nice to me, okay? <laughs> and now that guy, you can read him on DeWindy City as part of the fan sided network. Patrick Sheldon, P underscore Shells. Shells, how are you, buddy? I'm exhausted, man. I uh, I raked leaves for like four hours today, and I don't even think I'm halfway done. So that's been my Sunday. Wait, you have to rake leaves in the springtime? Am I missing something? Yeah, well, it's it's nice down here year round. So our trees are not on everybody else's schedule. Jack, how are you feeling about that? Because we've got uh, Logan in LA and then Shell's in warm weather. I'm not I'm not thrilled about that. Sorry. I'm not overly excited about them and their wonderful, delicious weather. That's great, guys. <laughs> it's okay. I was out on a boat yesterday. It wasn't oh, were you? Nice. It was like oh, yeah, that's, that's nice. Thank you. Yeah, you're, so <laughs> yeah, you're done. Okay. All right. So boys. Before we get started, and I guess I'm going to let's let's talk XFL, USFL and Logan. Obviously, he's a company man, so he's he's got something mm-hmm. in this with Fox USFL. supporting USFL. Uh, are you going to watch any of the games this season? You're talking to me for USFL? I'm talking I'm, to I'm anybody. The, yeah, I, I won't be watching XFL, not for any reason. But, you know, yeah, like I said, company man, USFL season two, first spring league to make it all the way through. Of course, I'll be watching high quality football. Love it. Love it. I guess I'm just a little bit concerned. Are we burying the lead? The the White Sox news today. The the White Sox had a big signing. Are we huge? I thought, huge. I thought this was an emergency podcast to talk an hour of White Sox. Just talk about Elvis Andrews just for one Elvis hour. Andrews. The fact no, that we have to be gross. excited about that, though. Okay, I, I guess I. Oh, I thought they were joining the uh, USFL. Or good, <laughs> they, they could. Good one. Before we get to our two incredible guests, Jack, how about uh, we talk about something really cool? Yeah, we should get haircuts, all of us. We'll just, uh, you know what, Shells, you can stay home. Uh, Sheridan's Barbershop, uh, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 68 years. They have six barbers that open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. Last time I was there, Will trimmed up my beard. It was especially wonderful. Uh, you can go to Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or you can call 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. 
All right. So boys, I want to talk about this. This is really cool. So we're going to bring in our two guests and this is the first time we've got some video to go along with it. So for our audio only listeners, folks, you want to make sure that you hop on YouTube and you check this out. This is super cool. So we're going to bring in from Willowbrook High School. We've got Rachel Karos and Nick Hildreth, the co-head coaches of the state champions girls flag football team. Rachel, how are you? How's everything going? Uh, really good. Glad to be on um, and get to talk about my my favorite team and my favorite sport. And, uh, you know, it's just nice to be on here and see you again. And yeah. It's been a while. It's been a really, really long time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Nick, how about you? How are you doing, man? Doing well. Again, like, like Coach said, appreciate you having us on and, and bringing some light to the sport. Much appreciated. Absolutely. So, folks, before we go any further, let's go ahead and I've got this set up for us. So let's go ahead and watch part of that state championship game. Looking, here comes the pressure. The ball is up, and it's intercepted. Five touchdown, Willowbrook. Goodness gracious! There's a blitz. Touchdown, Willowbrook. Goes to the corner. It's good. Here comes the pressure, and it's intercepted. Touchdown, Willowbrook. And that is the ball game from Villa Park, Illinois. Your Willowbrook Warriors first ever Illinois girls flag football state champions. All right. So first question out of the gates, how does it feel to be the very first to ever do that? Uh, I, you know, we talk to our girls about it all the time. It's um, regardless of how we are going forward, this is something that can never be taken away from us. Um, also not just winning the first state championship, but also um, just being the first at Willowbrook was something special um, and, and starting, a program together. Um, you know, coach Hildreth and I both, uh, have been coaching for like 16, 17 years in other sports. Uh, but there's something about starting a new program that I don't know. Um, the bond is different. The, um, you know, the experience is different. Uh, we started from scratch girls who had never played flag football before, uh, in June. And it turns out with some hard work, they turned into some pretty good football players. So, um, you know, that whole experience was really special. Um, our whole year, we had the kind of the mantra of be the uh, being the first, but not the last and leaving it better for those um, who are coming after us and building the sport. And when the girls bought into that um, really right away. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of them would agree that the state championship was wonderful, but the, just the overall experience of becoming a family um, and learning a new sport together was pretty special. Nick, let me ask you, I, I know both you and Coach uh, Karos are coaches of other sports. What was that like to put in this time commitment? So Logan, Jack, and I have all done a little bit of high school coaching at one point in our lives. We know the time commitment. I mean, what was that like? Uh, you know what? You know what's funny is like, like early on as we were doing that, I was talking to like uh, our, our former athletic director, and he's like, hey, make sure like you, you, you guys are careful with this. Don't burn yourselves out. Um, and then that was like going into week one of, of our regular season, which was like week three of our fall seasons. But by the second week of what we were doing, those were the best two hours of our days. So you know what I mean? Like, so like as much of a grind as it was and as, as much as the, the work that has to be put in, which is the reality to start something new and to, and to build from nothing, that there's going to be that work to be, to, to be put in. But I think real quickly it became absolutely the best part uh, of both Coach Carrison and, and my day, real quick, and then I'll, then it makes it that, that makes it that easy. You know what I mean? That's just a product of who's around and the girls and the and the work and the effort and the atmosphere that was created and that they created. Um, you know what I mean? Which which turned those long days into into really enjoyable time. 
watching those clips was great. I, my dad who coached used to always say that coaching is about giving, you know, student athletes a, a chance to feel good about themselves. And just watching those girls at the end was so cool. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to you both. Could you give us a little background? How, how did it all start? Is it an IHSA sanctioned sport specifically for girls? What, what are some of the details about flag football? Okay. Um, so uh, Nick, if you will jump in with, if I'm missing anything, um, mm-hmm. but um yeah, I'm. I, part of my job at school is also a diversity, diversity and inclusion coordinator. So I get to go to a lot of activities meetings. And um, one of the folks there uh, from OPRF had been in contact with Gus Silva from Bears Outreach. And he was warning us that this was on the horizon and that there was a lot of incentive this year to get a team started from, from the Bears. So um, this there's actually been, I think, two years prior. So the first year there was only 12 teams. Last year there was 20-something teams, and this year we had 78 teams. So it's not currently an IHSA sanctioned sport, but we are out looking to be well over 100 teams for this next year coming up. Um, and hopefully that means it's going to be an emerging IHSA sport. So they're really thinking by 2024 it will be the first IHSA state championship. Um, so – uh, yeah, the Bears um, this year provided any school with a $2,500 donation um, and Nike about $2,500 worth of uniforms for every team that got started this year. So um, I think in some capacity, they'll be doing some stuff next year, to not not maybe to the same extent, um, but definitely still pushing it. Um, hopefully still giving us time at Hallis Hall. And, um, you know, the Bears have been really, really wonderful. And, um, you know, I think for every team, whether they were super successful or not, just being celebrated as, you know, starting a new a new team at your own school. So, uh, Eldred, did I miss anything? that? Yeah, no, it, I happened to be at another, uh, right around the same time that, that Coach Curtis was at that meeting. Within weeks of that meeting, I was at another uh, meeting up at Hallis Hall uh, that the Bears have put on. That's just like an offering of like nutritionists and a bunch of different things that they offer out to coaches throughout the state. I went up there. Gus was there before. We I had been on some emails he had sent out, followed up with him again. He pretty much indicated that it was a go. They're going outside of CPS. And then Coach Karras and I, probably a month or so after that, went up to a clinic. They had like a half coaches clinic, half run you through drills and kind of expose you to the sport a little bit uh, up at Hallis Hall and in the, in the Peyton Dome. And then it kind of pushed from there. Coach Carroll set us up with a camp in the summer. Um, we had a meeting at school, camp in the summer, had no idea what to expect, no idea how many girls were going to get out, you know, what the interest level was going to be and, and where it would go. We were around, we were in the 30s uh, at that initial meeting and then the, you know, 37, uh, I think just under 40 as we got into the fall and into the season um, and, and going for there and ended up being one of the larger teams, you know, uh, throughout the state. How did you guys go about developing your offensive and defensive schemes for uh, flag football? Did you try to model it off of some of what football teams were doing or does it create a unique experience doing it in a flag football setting? Um, I think what was I, I'm fortunate to still be able to play flag football. So I'm uh, a quarterback on a, a travel team in Chicago. And uh, so I kind of took over the offensive stuff. Um, and I think as we gradually um, went on with that, just learning, you know, the rules are much different than another league that leagues that I've played in. So um, I think for the first maybe two or three weeks, 
our play cards got reprinted like 12 times, I felt like. So uh, just as we go along, we also are really fortunate to have a quarterback that could really throw, like probably very, very good arm accuracy. And um, so we, I felt like we could do a little bit more and not just rely on such a run game. So um, we were able, um, and we had some great uh, wide receivers, some of which that got some national attention. So um, to be able to work with what we have and and going forward next year, like depending on what kind of quarterback we have, because unfortunately we do lose a lot of seniors. um, I think that's, what's great about this sport. It's just like, you know, the strategy of, coming up and being creative and flag football kind of offers a lot of room for like trickery and, you know, stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to just, you know, changing it. I think Hildreth and I both like, don't, I'd say we probably ran more defenses than most teams that we saw. He, he took the defensive side and uh, I never even knew what they were going to be doing because that's how well he had it down. Um, So we like keeping people guessing and, um, you know, we'll change things throughout um, if we have to, or just to, uh, we're both such students of the game. So if we see something, we're like, well, let's do this. Like, let's try this and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, that's been uh, pretty cool, but you know, year to year, you're going to not know what you got. Like, you know, it's still going to be a really new sport for a lot of the girls coming in. Um, so depending on what kind of arm we got back there, what kind of speed we got, um, we'll determine what type of offense we're going to run. Or defense. Yeah, I mean, I came in, I'm I'm almost 20 years coaching experience in tackle football and came in thinking I was going to have an idea what we're going to do and what we're going to do. Uh, but immediately you recognize and realize it's a different sport. I think so. It took some time of me just like kind of observing, seeing it, getting a feel. Uh, but credit to the girls and, and like their investment and engagement and all of it and their feedback. Uh, willingness to be coached. I mean, it was a blank slate of athletes that gave us the opportunity. I mean, we went into our last tournament with eight coverages and different schematic looks and different things. And that's based off their feedback, their want to, their willingness to, I mean, we're handing out packets, we're looking at film, we're doing all of those things. And it was a massive learning curve for me coming in thinking, I mean, it was it was constant between Coach Garros and I, where we'd start our linebackers in a certain spot. And then within a week, we moved them somewhere else. And then we had our defensive backs in a spot. And then we moved them somewhere else. And then you had a rule on how many times you get the blitz. You know what I mean? Like all these pieces that go into it, uh, the evolution of it was really cool just to be a part of and see. And like it was – I enjoyed as much as it was like a frustration of trying to get us ready. I enjoyed coming in thinking I'd have an idea of what we're going to do or what we're going to run and really having no idea and having to totally relearn a whole new version uh, of football. It was – you know what I mean? That experience was also uh, really cool, really enjoyable. As Bears fans, what was it like for you guys going into Hallis Hall, being at the Walton Pay- Walter Payton Center? That's just an experience that I would assume I'll never get to have. So just for all the fans out there that are have never been able to visit, what was that like for you guys? Was that a, a cool experience? Um, I think the you know with the Bears being behind this, I, I think for me it would be like if the Sox and Cubs started promoting girls softball for me. I think like it adds a level to um to it of seriousness and you know and whatnot so the fact that they opened our doors opened their doors to um for the girls to be able to step foot in that facility which um is beautiful i joked around that it would have been a really nice wedding venue i just thought it's so nice in there and um every time we stepped in there i think you couldn't help but be filled with gratitude that like this is really cool like this is uh, you know i've been coaching a long time and I don't know if I, you know, the 
for the personal level, the cool things that I've gotten to do because of this. I, I don't think I could over the 16 years put a list together like this in this one year of just being to step in there. And like, I often find that like my, where I'm feeling like kind of small and such a wonderful space. Um, it happens to be in a lot of sports venues. It's a feeling I got at like when I went to uh Fenway once, like I felt like that, you know, just kind of cool to, to be a place where, you know, that, that time and energy and blood, sweat and hard work goes into the, the, you know, the pro seasons and for our girls to be able to go in there and like just play there um, was really cool. Yeah. I'd say it's like the state championship going up there in that piece. It had a special feeling walking in, which is unique to, they didn't have a lot of fans in there. There's not really space. There's not really any seating capacity. Um, So it streamed live. And I mean, there were thousands of views from the live, the live stream, but like that set that it felt special. So you like, you're walking in, you're recognizing that you're walking into a dome that's named after Walter Payton. It one legitimizes, I think what the, the attempt that the Chicago bears are, are trying to make in legitimizing the sport showing that it is a real sport. It's going to be in the Olympics. Um, there's already a part of the world games. Like it's continuing to grow at a, such a rapid rate. Uh, but the feeling you get when you walk in there, like this is a big deal. Like you're not just going in there to play a game like that, that feeling in that sense, it was unique. Uh, Cause we were unsure how that would feel without like a crowd. Cause we traveled really well to our conference championship uh, the previous week at Oak Park. We had, uh, you know, fan bus and, you know what I mean? The support uh, from our athletic administration and getting, getting um, fans out there and students out there was, was a really cool atmosphere. We weren't sure how that was going to feel the next week, uh, but it was special. You just, that tone of it walking in, um, it was very cool for the girls. So our, our beloved bears have gotten a lot of criticism for some of their on the field play, but uh, this is one of the things they're doing that is just tremendous. So what are the things are they doing to kind of promote the league? And uh, you know, I, I, you know, you talked about how it's grown exponentially over the last few years, but what are the things are they doing to help grow the league? Yeah. Um, so just uh, this past week, Nick and I, this has also brought on some opportunities for us. So Nick and I um, have been fortunate now to start running some clinics and stuff for them. Um, so just this last week, they did a partnership. At, Nick, was it like Midwest Dairy? Yeah. Okay. So um, they gave a $10,000 grant to Round Lake um, community to get this started. So um, I think they're still going to, um, you know, maybe figure out ways to make this a, a game acce- game accessible to certain communities. But what they've done is they've been offering coaches clinics, um, player clinics, there's been some jamborees um you know getting uh girls in front of um really powerful female uh big names like jen welter um and then uh, was it ashton i forget uh, what her, her name is but uh she's one of the bears coordinators just kind of showing them um uh you know the the future of the sport and you know the pioneer women who have been um you know kind of in the forefront um and the representation that there is some female representation now in the NFL. So I think um, just along the way, um, like Gus um, came out to some of our practices. And again, Gus Silva works for bears outreach. So I know that um, he's been going all over the, all over the state, getting the word about flag football. Um, they also do some uh, go into elementary schools um, and they uh, do flag football for a day, um, give schools some kits uh, to be able to start a whole curriculum of flag football um, and really get um, into the elementary school. So there's more, 
you know, experience going into the high school level. Um, Hildreth, am I missing anything on, on that? I yeah, like I mean, a lot, I mean, it's it worldwide push too. So, I mean, right. I think they're the, the bears were just in, and Gus was in Spain a week ago, I think seeing it was very unique for us to see through the support of the bears. Uh, we, we participated in a, in a tournament in Canton, Ohio, um, our girls won that tournament and then we got to play at the Pro Bowl in Las Vegas and the Bears supported us throughout that entire process. And they're continuing to grow the sport and recognizing and seeing how it's kind of grown on the East Coast and a little bit in the South. The Bears are really taking uh, a role in, in building it here. And, and the reality is with, within two years when it becomes an IHSA sanctioned sport, they won't have the same role that they're having now. You know what I mean? Like that part of it where they're they're doing it knowing that this is just about the girls and getting the sport going and, and getting it put um, on a, a big time stage and showing the importance of that and giving these girls opportunities that they didn't have before. And they, I mean, they've been solely the ones behind it throughout this entire process. So while again, while you can't say anything good about most of the rest of the organization, uh, <laughs> this, this part may have been uh, supportive and, and just been amazing throughout the entire process. All right, so the, the hack was always to, to to spin or wrap your flag. What are the rules on that? How are we? How do we avoid the, the, the hacks? Oh, uh, how do we avoid the hacks of doing that? Um, they did like. Is there like strict rules against that? I would assume. Um, so they're pop flags, so okay. um, they are pretty tough to wrap but um nobody was checking if we glued them in necessarily uh, <laughs> but when your girls are quick it's tough to you know you can't get there them it anyway. is but, um, let's go yeah i mean uh pop flag flags on it for sevens when you are playing on like a standard size field like there's a pretty big offensive advantage um so i don't think it's needed to cheat so much but um <laughs> when we were at, at nationals they were doing flag checks prior so gotcha. um making sure we're using the ones that they gave us and whatnot, but you know, it was then I realized we could have glued our flags. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't want to cheat them to beat them. No, you just no, beat no. them out, right? That's great. No, no. What's next for you guys? What's next for the program? Oh, so much. I feel like uh, it was also one of like it was so fun, and I not regretful, but this is the longest season I've ever coached because we ended up, um, you know, going into a, a regional and stuff past the season. Um, so, um, you know, we are, uh, first of all, we, uh, Nick is very well, uh, versed in our community relations stuff with like football in general. So, um, they've now started a girls feeder flag football team. So, um, so this summer, um, trying to get our girls maybe going on that side of, uh, things to keep them playing, um, but also just building, you know, the future with that. Um, there's regionals in throughout the summer thinking about, um, doing that. Um, there's one in green Bay, but unfortunately if you win a regional in green Bay, you'd have to represent green Bay. And I, it's really to me, <laughs> it's a hard pass. I can't picture any me wearing those colors anyway. Uh, but yeah, so there's a couple of things we're toying with, uh, about doing it. We, it's like, we both can't get enough of the sport. So it's uh, really easy to want to just throw ourselves into everything. But, um, you know, sometimes we to kind of pump the brakes and then see how it's going to work with, uh, you know, just getting as many girls as, as involved. Um, as well as, as far as the next season, we are going to be um, a host school. So whoever plays in our kind of conference um, this year, probably by like location, um, we will host all the games. Um and I think that will give us some flexibility in um, also doing some JV games. So 
last year we kept everybody. We wanted, we're growing the game. We didn't want to cut anybody. We thought it was important that everybody had an experience. And all the girls stuck around without getting any playing time, really. So, um, which uh, I would love to be able to now, because we're going to be a host school, have the opportunity to get them some some games, um, regardless of what level they make and stuff. So, um, so because right now it's really only a varsity level sport. So, yeah, I'd say with that too, we've, we've got a throat deep, a passing um, academy that comes to our school and um, in, in talking with them, they started now they have, they're running the first uh, sessions uh, for girls, quarterbacks, girls, wide receivers for flag football. So just this morning I was up here today and just this morning we had our quarterback was there. And I think I counted seven or eight of our girls um, as well as some other girls from CPS uh, from, from Lane tech and a couple other schools that are up here. So like the, the, there it's continuing to, to build that way and that momentum with, with the, with our girls in the community, especially, adding that to our you know our local um it, it was we always had flag cheer tackle as part of it you'd always have a couple girls mixed in flag with the rest of the boys but now it's established itself I, i've got a nine-year-old daughter that refers to the football girls that wasn't like a reference to a group of girls eight months ago it didn't exist now it does because they see that they recognize that um then when they come here for like youth softball there's girls walking through and they see him and then she'll come and tell me that she saw Sarah Ball walking through while they were stretching. You know, like they're, they're, so there are local celebrities now. There are girls that they have to look up to in a sport that didn't, didn't exist before. So just kind of continuing to build off of that momentum um, and exposing our community to it, um, it, as, it as it continues to grow. Um, so we've talked. Oh, sorry. Go for it, Rachel. Oh, I was just going to mention uh, tomorrow night, too, um, if Nick wants to say this, uh, one of our girls won a award that um, until – her, she's the first actual girl who's played football, right? Yeah. Win this award. Um, do you want to tell them about that? We get to go back to Hallis Hall, though. So yeah, I, yeah. I, so we get to go back to Hallis Hall, which is nice. Just got to con- continue to have opportunities to go up there. But the National <laughs> Football Federation gives out a uh, a, a scholarship, five thousand dollars scholarship to three football players in the state of Illinois. And so when the the as a as a tackle head coach, when we get the, that email, I replied back right away. I said, I assume this is uh, for. Uh, girls flag as well and he said i can't see why not i said oh i got one for you then and, and sent all the information in on sarah ball um she'll be going to case western next year and then tomorrow um i'll, I'll get the the honor of presenting her um to to get that that award um she get a trophy she gets five thousand dollar scholarship um and it was a situation where she's the first girls flag football player to ever win the award the national football uh, federation is nationwide um it runs through the the college football hall of fame so that it you know it's Again, continuing opportunities and things that are presenting themselves to our girls and our athletes that that weren't there before. And this isn't the Bears specifically, but they're behind it because the, they are the center of uh, the Midwest, like that local uh, region of this as those awards and those things uh, come out. So, um, again, I, I mean, just the, the, the accolades and things that, that our program um, has gotten in year one, uh, it, you know what I mean, is a bit surreal as it goes through. I think it's still like kind of a blur and not recognizing, you know what I mean? Like all those things and those pieces and Thursday is our, our ring ceremony and the girls are getting their, their state championship rings. You know what I mean? Like um, it's, it just, it's super surreal experience, totally deserved for these girls and, and what they've done and, and just in being change agents through this whole process um, is it, lucky to be part of really. That's amazing. Hope those uh, opportunities keep popping up. So we've we've talked about the ways that the Bears have supported you guys, supported your teams, and uh, but your thoughts on the Bears itself as a Bears fan. How are we feeling moving forward? Is Justin Fields the one? What what are we thinking? <laughs> I 
I, regardless, always love a Bears game. Um, I haven't got, I don't go to nearly as many as uh, Coach Hildreth did. Um, but I will say, I mean, I look back at their scores. I, I feel like we competed with a lot of teams. So I, I feel optimistic. And I really do hope that, I hope that Justin's a one. So I, I feel he's fun to watch play. Um, he loves Chicago. I really do feel like he, he wants to be here. Um, and I don't know. I hope he's the one. I hope, I, I hope they can protect him a little bit more so that um, he doesn't have a short career. So, um, but I, you know, I think we competed pretty well in most games and, you know, uh, I'm optimistic. Might be a couple of years till we're on the winning side of things, but like, I, I think it's going to, uh, you know, still fun to watch. So. That I, I am a bear season ticket holder. And so I made the mistake of getting on the wait list when I was like 21 and not anticipating and thinking like that I'd be married with two kids. And now there's like a constant <laughs> rotation and figuring out who goes and who doesn't get to go and what it is. And I mean, we're way up, but we are the top row in the 400 section. There's no one behind us. My, my son and daughter love it because they can stand on the platform right behind uh, where our seats are. And there's nobody else, nobody else in the way uh, for me, like Justin's a proven commodity in the league, right? Like he's already showed that he can make plays. He's already, he, he, we see that in, I think they were like a, the perfect, the, the perfect throwaway season. So like you get rid of Roquan, you like competes. I, I don't know if they could have designed ways to lose some of the football games they lost like minnesota <laughs> I mean, you could go through like it is like it, it was like fake it like that like how they managed to, to lose some of those games and work their way into a number one pick where i don't think that they were or are the worst team in the league and i think they have an explosive quarterback and i think that um they are young in the right spots and they've got more money than anybody else and they you know i mean you've got a proven guy there like that's my thing and we've seen that and we could talk like Ryan Leaf, Tim Couch. I mean, we could go through all of those things. You're going to sit there and risk uh, dealing him to to take somebody else there at one. Would worry me knowing you got a proven guy there that, um, again, when things are a little bit cleaner up front and in front of him and you've got somebody else to throw to, um, I think that I, I think that they'll be in good shape. And, like, the NFL's built for, it's what is it, 8-9, eight, 9-8 nine, nine and eight now, not 8-8. Eight eight. I mean, they, that's what they yeah. want. You're hovering around those opportunities within what it is. Um, Minnesota doesn't scare me that much, and then we'll see when Aaron Rodgers comes out of his little house or whatever. That, whatever <laughs> uh, there it is. How he's feeling after his four days in uh, solitude. We'll see what he, you know, what he decides to do. Guys, I just want to say thank you. Uh, as a girl dad, my daughter's only a year and a half old, but she is the every time she sees a football, like anywhere. She goes, dada, dada. And just thinking, I'm, I'm hoping that this is like something that, that she could do if she, if she wants to. And, you know, we can, we can share the love of football together. It would just be so, so cool. And so thank you both for, for paving the way for, for girls everywhere. And it's just, we're just, uh, congratulations on the state championship. Yeah. Incredibly well-deserved for both of you guys. Well, thanks for having us on. Uh, lots to look forward to. It's the fastest growing sport. It's, we're going to see it in the Olympics, probably 2028. 20, and, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I want everybody to experience it like we do. If, it, if you look through our photos, it was like pure joy the entire year. So that's um, awesome. Yes. Yeah. No, thank you for having us on and, and, and bringing more attention to it. And I think, uh, you know, as coach said about the pure joy, it's one thing I like football so often is like a, a sickness and you're just like, go, you go one week and you worry about the next week. You don't enjoy it. You don't do anything for, for whatever reason it was, uh, the atmosphere, this group of girls and, and what it was just allowed me to like, just enjoy the moment throughout the entire time uh, within what it is. The winning helps. You're, you're always preparing to win and wanting to win, but the reality of like the time spent and just the ability to be in the moment, um, this 
and coached other sports outside of football as well. This year, um, that happened more uh, for me. I would I would say the collective group uh, as well. So I mean, it was a great experience, and I think it it'll continue to grow. Um, and having a daughter, Ryan, like you referenced as well, it, it, it's cool. It's just another opportunity, something that's there that hadn't been to kind of push against the grain. So it's a, you know it's an exciting time in the sport. Thank you guys so much for being on the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Thank so Nick both. Hildreth and Rachel Karos, we just want to say thank you guys so so very much. Uh, they're gonna they downplayed it a little bit. I, I'll just say that just Logan and Jack, like you guys know, after coaching high school, anything the time commitment is insane, and so I just it you know. It's uh, just absolute, just love that. Love it. That's it really cool. That's huge to just have people like th- those opportunities. I mean, that they're, they're popping up more and more like to have people like Nick and Rachel who are just in their corner and in the corner for a lot of future girls to be able to do something that they just love to do. That's, that's awesome. And what, like as a person who played a competitive sport and always wanted to win to, and never, never really got to experience that. That's so cool to watch just how excited they were after they won championship in Hallis hall. That's, that's a really cool experience. I'm not jealous at all. No. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree with coach, coach Hildreth more about uh, Justin Fields, which is why it's crazy to me that Shagru and uh, Dangle want him traded. It's wild. It is. It's crazy that they keep talking about that. I this is this is blasphemy, and I won't stand for it. Especially I mean, because I'm sick. I thought you'd be getting traded at point zero five percent. You might as well just drive to the airport. I mean, basically, you know, <laughs> that's that's exactly uh, yeah. So my daughter crazy. was born. I was wearing a Justin Fields T-shirt. I have a Justin Fields jersey. It's never mind. Yeah, yeah. I totally. I want to see him traded. <laughs> All right. So boys, I'm a little under the weather, and so we're gonna speed this up just a little bit. We're gonna do a quick round of true or false before we get out of here and so i've got some i think some slam dunks so for this let's go jack shells logan and i will finish it up so very very first one boys the chicago bears will play a home game in arlington heights within the next five to seven years again jack shells logan and i will finish it up True. I think everything is pointing in that direction from the hiring of the new president to the purchase that came out this week of the t- finalized. We actually have the bag in hand. I just, I think everything is trending in that direction. And, and I, the, the combination of the opportunity that's there and the city of Chicago, just a hundred percent dropping the ball. We've said it before. We don't want to, I don't think the bears want to rent anymore. They want to own we're going to watch a game out there. We'll all go out there together. We'll have some beverages, throw some bags, and watch a Bears win with Justin Fields at the helm. Yeah, I'll say true. Um, I'm actually hoping it's sooner than five years. I don't know how long it takes to construct a or, or, uh, stadium to get built. Maybe they're using like Soprano construction or something. It can get done in four <laughs> years. That would be terrific. But uh, I think it's inevitable. It's just a matter of when for me, and hopefully it's, it's sooner than five years. They got a guy? They got a guy. <laughs> I just finished watching The Sopranos. Love that show so much. Um, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say false just because it it five to seven feels quick. I mean, I do think that they will be there playing football. But Kevin Warren seems like I mean, you're you're building a stadium that's gonna cost what billions or a lot of money, and so I think that they'll probably take their time a little bit with that. So I can't wait. I hope that they are playing there eventually, but I think it might take a little bit of time. It sure seems like things are moving a little bit faster than what I initially thought. I thought it was going to be 10 years, and I don't think it's going to be that anymore. So I'm going to say true. They will play within five to seven years. I can't say if it's five or seven. I know that's why I put it in there. It would be a little wish-washy. We actually drove past the the land uh, for for breakfast on Saturday, and it just – I don't know, man. It just it hit differently. 
especially because I was there in 20, maybe 25 minutes, as opposed to trying to slog down to soldier field, which is a beautiful location. Uh, It's kind of a hideous outside, but it's got some wonderful charm on the inside. It's iconic, but it's time. It is. All right, boys. True or false? Shells, I I can't wait to see your reaction on this one. Same order as last time. Jason Lockenfora might be right about the Bears' desire to trade Justin Fields this offseason. Well, can I play? I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm, I'm just going to, for the sake of playing devil's advocate, I'm going to say true. Uh, the idea of, of starting over with a new quarterback on a rookie contract in the position that the Bears are currently in is, of all of the arguments that I've heard, quite pops, possibly the best one. And, and I'll just say as a caveat, I, I don't necessarily think he's going to get traded and I think that it might not be a great idea to trade him. But if it, is, if it were a good idea, it would be, okay, let's put all of our money into other areas of the Chicago Bears and start the clock over uh, you know, on, on a rookie contract uh, with a rookie quarterback. Now, you also have to start the clock over with all of the training and all of the, you know, the fundamentals and, and the, the entire playbook, and I realize that that's not ideal. But if you could get out of the gate someone who is a more natural passer and someone who is better at reading defenses and start over on a rookie contract, then there's a possibility and so maybe true. I know this is going to upset your group because he's dying to get fields out of town. But uh, it's false, guys. The most ridiculous argument I've heard – well, I'll say the, the the soundest argument I've heard ag- against how ridiculous this is is to say, like, Justin Fields is worth trading for a top 10 pick, but he's not good enough to stay on your team and, and continue yeah. as the Bears yeah. quarterback. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense that some other team is going to go, oh, he's so bad, the Bears got to get rid of him, but we'll give you the ninth overall pick for him. That's bananas to me. True. It would be the number one overall pick. Uh, if he was coming out this year, he's he's proven like like coach said a few minutes ago, he's a playmaker when he's got time. He's shown that he can process and he can deliver. I think he's going to get better in the second year in this offense. The idea that you would want to trade Justin Fields is asinine to me. And quite frankly, like if the Bears did that, I would consider I would consider my fandom like I would consider reevaluating who I root for on a week to week basis. because It would be such a stupid decision. Yeah, no, I, I think that this is very false because you you saw him do things last year that I've literally never seen any other quarterback do in my entire life. That doesn't mean that he's a perfect quarterback, but he he is a, a game changer. I think that that's a thing that is overused and like cliche, but he is a game changer. And I think that there will be there will come a time down the road, maybe after the draft where Ryan Poles is literally like, yeah, you idiots. I was never going to trade him. He was never he was never going anywhere like you. Everyone's talking about, oh, they need to like have smoke screens to like drum up interest. I think that's what this is. I don't think that there is any interest whatsoever in them trading him and it's what you, like that was the thought that i had what shell said it's like and if they do it's easy i'll just no, i won't be a bears fan probably anymore and i can drop the bears and the white Sox and be happy in my life wow wow yeah uh logan said it is a smoke screen i i mean i think it's i hope it's a good smoke screen but it, but it's a smoke screen all right boys this one i think should go really 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 quick same order as last time they're gonna go jack shells logan and i will finish it up True or false, Justin Fields saying he wants to play in a dome means he wants to be traded. Uh, false. I think 
I don't know, just playing in a dome for any type of like a, a high paced, high potent offense is is desirable, you know, just because we've talked about it before that there's the stigma about bears weather and how badass and cool that is. But when it comes down to it, when you're trying to tune a finely tuned machine, which isn't, you know, a professional offense, it's, it's nice to take that factor out a little bit and to be able to run all of your schemes all of the time, regardless. And if I'm a quarterback, I want to be able to do that all of the time under any circumstances. And so I want to do it in a dome. I don't want to, I don't want to face weather conditions that somehow stifle my offense. I'll say I love the uncertainty around all this. Going back to the last question and this question, I, I think the uncertainty is a great thing for the Bears because it gives them maybe a little bit of leverage um, with their draft pick and, and trading that. But, yeah, it's just so dumb. I tweeted about it uh, a few days ago, like breaking news that quarterbacks enjoy throwing the ball in better conditions. Yeah. It's just – it's so dumb <laughs> that somebody it, 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 somebody would take that quote, um, you know, and, and make a mockery – a sports mockery out of it, if you will. And, uh, and turn that into a legitimate story. Like it's, it's, yeah, that, that, was, that was about as subtle as, uh, as like, yeah. um, it's dumb. It's just so stupid. Like who wouldn't want to play in a dome as a quarterback? So no, he wants to be in Chicago. I have no doubt the guy loves the city, uh, loves his team and, and wants to be there for the long term. Um, he just wants to throw the ball in decent conditions and he can't blame him. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's false, but I think why, like if I was Justin Fields, the reason that I'm saying that is because he knows he just looks sick in a visor running around in a dome, doing crazy stuff on the football field. That just is a cool visual. Brendan, uh, Brendan Shapiro <laughs> jumping in the comments. He must've heard that you're talking about his take. Oh, also, he, you think he does want to be traded, which would fit in with your narrative of wanting him traded. So, I, yeah. I get yeah, it. No. He, he texted me on the side a little bit ago and said, please reiterate that I need Justin Fields to be traded. You put me in the most embarrassing bathing suit on the planet. Just a little bit of payback right now. Should go. <laughs> you see what happens when you miss an episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Logan, anything else you want to drop on on this? Cause I, mine is gonna be very quick. No. It's stupid. It's false. I just the fact that people are trying to pick up on this is just I don't I don't like to call people stupid, but this is stupid. All right, so boys, last one and this one bothers me a little bit. So, true or false, Devin Hester will be elected to the NFL Hall of Fame. Let's go, Jack. Show true. Logan. Because he revolutionized the kick return. He revolutionized he's a game-changing special teamer. And special teamers who change the game should be in the Hall of Fame. There are three facets to the game. There are three facets to the game. And you shouldn't have a Hall of Fame that is completely dominated by offensive and defensive players alone. If you're going to have a third facet, then put one of the best ever to play that facet in the freaking Hall of Fame. Otherwise, don't have, don't have the third facet. Don't have special teams. I'll also stop saying facet now, but all he, he should be in. He should just be in. <laughs> um, so, all right, I'm going to show my ignorance a little bit here. Is there uh, more familiar with the baseball hall of fame? Is there a, a veterans committee for the NFL hall of fame? Like there is for MLB. Yeah, there is. Uh, but it's, okay. that's uh, much further down the road. I was looking okay. at his class and I'm oh, sorry. I'll, I'll save my answer here. No, I so then I think true. Uh, 
the only reason I was going to say false is because some of the arguments that I've read are coming out of the committee meetings now about uh, minimum snap count per game is is crazy to me. Um, he again, what you said, Jack, he was the best to ever do it. It's like saying you wouldn't put Mariano Rivera in the Hall of Fame because he only closed games. Uh, he was the best to ever do it. He was the most dominant reliever we've ever seen in Major League Baseball history. And the idea that he wouldn't be a Hall of Famer is is crazy. It's just stupid. Same with Devin Hester. He's literally the best to ever do his thing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Best kicker should be in the Hall of Fame. The best returner should be in the Hall of Fame. Best best at every position should be in the Hall of Fame. And he was the best to ever do it. There's, it, It's that simple. It really is. Yeah, I mean, not not a whole lot that needs to be said after all those answers, but I I do feel like he will get into the Hall of Fame. For me, the the biggest thing, like just I, watching kick returns these days in the game, there just aren't that many really good kick returners. I think Cavante Turpin uh, on the Cowboys this year, he was like an All Pro, former USFL player. Shout out, uh, shout out Turpin. Um, but it, there aren't a whole lot of guys that you like. You're, you have to be in your seat by kickoff because that's such a crucial part. You just see touchback after touchback. And Devin Hester was just such an anomaly compared to everyone else. And, and so few people have been able to do that. So I hope that he is. I think that he will be eventually. He helps carry the 2006 Chicago Bears to the Super Bowl. Literally. Like, I, I mean, if he doesn't have those kick returns for touchdowns, we're, we're, not, we're not talking about it. Yes, they lost. Rex Grossman, right? But but really, I mean, he changed the game. He absolutely deserves to be and should be in the Hall of Fame, and I think that he will. I think it's just taking a lot longer than it should. All right, boys, uh, I am struggling mightily here, and so I'm asking, is all right, boys, if we get to shout-outs and get out of here? Let's do it. All right, so for shout-outs this week, let's go Jack, Shells, Logan, and I will finish it up. Shout-outs, boys. Listen, while other clown shows are putting out National Enquirer type, you know, clickbait, Alyssa and Brendan are putting out factual material, great, great articles every single day. Not not every week, every single day. Uh, Brendan and Alyssa on the Bears Wire are keeping the Bears relevant with just detailed, well-researched articles. So you don't have to, you don't have to go to the to the BS if you want Bears stuff that's just uh, fake facades and clickbait. You can, if, you guys, you, Bears fans are smart. You know, if you want good information, go to great sources. And so, shout out to to the Bears Wire and Alyssa and Brendan, really truly putting out excellent material these last couple of weeks. They're phenomenal, and they certainly don't make a sports mockery of the stories that are out there. They, they just don't. don't. They don't. They're no, good. they don't mock uh, you. Yeah. They don't mock me. They no. don't mock sports. They don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a, I've got a couple. Uh, real quick, Don Rossi. He's at BDR eight 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 nine. Thanks for your support. Appreciate the engagement so much. Uh, and shout out to everyone who jumped in on the on the Jeff. Uh, yeah, I'm saying that. Um, the Jeff Cowley tweet. Um, I'm going Jeff. If you're a, a Chicagoan, you know why. Uh, but thanks for jumping in on that, guys. Thanks. Appreciate the support. I thought he had a banger and it was terrible. Um, just, I don't know if he, he's trying to troll or not, but it's just so lame. Um, and and I appreciate I appreciate all the uh, all the um, support from the Twitter followers out there. 
Shells, just really quick, because we have some followers are not on Twitter. Would you just relay very quickly what he said? Yeah, well, he said a few things. Uh, he said a lot of things about Justin Fields. Most recently, he mentioned something about how Justin Fields is just complaining and Kenny Pickett is out there working and, and somehow trying to compare Kenny Pickett to Justin Fields. Um, he's had a, uh, I'll say a hard on for, for <laughs> Justin Fields and talking badly about him. And it's, it's just, it's crossed over the line of trolling and it's clearly gone into like, there's some personal animus he has against Justin Fields. And um, it's, it's, ridiculous it's, it's the things that he says are absolutely asinine and uh and i called him out on it and and he replied and he i think he thought he really got me good and then you know his over thirteen thousand followers not one of them um liked his tweet so uh, <laughs> a tough joe one. i don't excuse me jeff i don't think you've got any supporters in chicago so um stick to your your shitty nba takes <laughs> That was I don't have anything that fire, but um, I got I got two. My first one Super Bowl was last week, and I just I kind of I love watching Jalen Hurts play. The way that he played in that game was like heroic. Like he almost single handedly won them that game. But even especially after I was uh, I was like clipping his post game interview, just like listening to the things that he was saying, and he is like that man is a leader. He he had crazy perspective for having just lost the biggest game of his life and he was able to take in stride. So I just, I, and I feel like it's not talked about enough either that like coming out of college, no one really thought too highly of him. And I I don't think it's talked about the fact that he's proven, I think everybody wrong and has become this superstar level quarterback. So really, really looking forward to watching him again next year. I just think he's a great again great leader great quarterback and then my second shout out is a much less serious one but i logan got drunk last night and uh i fell asleep and left pizza rolls in the oven for a while and my entire apartment smells like burnt pizza rolls so uh we're dealing with that right now (laughs) shout out to drunk logan Oh, oh my man. gosh, dude! Well, thankfully you've got an apartment. I know, very stupid. Yeah, not 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 smart. <laughs> I hope my landlord doesn't listen to this podcast. Um, but yeah, luckily we're safe. And we're so bad for the safe. pizza rolls a little. I, they were black. They were done. Yeah. they finished. <laughs> yeah, they were done. I'm sure your neighbors love you right now. Absolutely mm-hmm. love you. I got three really quick. Heidi, cousin Heidi, she's amazing. And uh, since uh, an individual has taken over Twitter, it's been a little bit more glitchy for me. I don't know if that's been for everybody, but for me, it's definitely been far more glitchy. And she has just been repeatedly saying that she has to actively search out the Bear Down Chicago podcast, and she's still doing it. So Heidi, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We absolutely love you, and we appreciate you very, very much. Ben Radigan, crazy small world. So he's one of our followers. He listens to the podcast. And he and my sister are in a work meeting together. And so <laughs> crazy, crazy small world. Uh, so uh, Ben, uh, thank you for listening. And thank you for interacting with both us and my sister. Uh, I said it was, a, it was a good interaction. And the last one goes to Matt Vanderzanden. Now, Matt and I went to high school together. And I just got a, a DM uh, not too long ago. Hey, dude, just want you to know I'd listen to the podcast every single week. And you're doing a great job. Dude, that. Seriously, that we cannot say thank you enough for, for all of you that support, that listen. Uh, we're just, just thank you. I, I don't know what else to say. Um, so for all of us here at the Bear Down Chicago podcast, we just want to say thank you. Uh, if you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, 
five-star review, whatever it takes to spread the love for the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Folks, and as always, we just want to say thank you and bear down. Bear down.